Welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Hello, world. Welcome to the JMS Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a great episode. Today's episode, we have the musician Levi J. He stopped by for a great talk and a great performance at the end. So you better stay tuned. He came with his friend Mitch, a bass player. And I'll tell you more about them later. But right now, i got to tell you for the 140th time that you can subscribe to the JMS Podcast if you have not already on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and on Google Play. You can also follow the JMS Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. It's a great way to keep in touch with me. And you can also email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Got some great content available for you at the website at jmspodcast.com. And please, please join the, uh, whatchamacallit, the email list. There you go. I have, to, I have to forget. I always forget to bring that up. Yes, we do have an email list you can join, which is available on the homepage of the website at the very bottom. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so with your many, many donations. You can support this podcast on Patreon. Just search for JMS Podcast on the Patreon website, and you got five ways to donate. You can do a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $15 a month, and there's different rewards for each one. So go check that out. All right, we don't have much time to spare because we got a pretty big episode with a lot of things happening. First thing, we got a movie review with Jacob Wheels. He went to go see a faith-based movie by the name of I Can Only Imagine. This movie is creating a lot of buzz. He brought over his girlfriend, Angela, and because, well, she is Christian, so we want to make sure it's a well-rounded review. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get down to it. Let's go. All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. A little spoiler. (laughs) Hold on. All right, welcome to another segment of Wheels on Reels. Here in the studio, we got the best movie reviewer, film critic from San Jose, California. The one and only, uh, give it up for Jacob Wheels. (sighs) All right, Jacob, this is your last review for season three. We're on the way out. Am I reviewing season two no. and one and two of J- JMS Podcast? No, no, no. You're reviewing... All right, let me tell you something, Jorge, about what, what? JMS Podcast season one and two. No, no, no. They hold s- on. Calm down. Don't review. Fir- you, you, cri- you criticize me already <laughs> okay. as it is, all right? But uh, I don't but, get it on, on but, tape, digital tape. <laughs> but people are here because you saw an interesting movie. I did. No, was, uh, about, yeah. And this movie is actually is kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yes. It's a craze, I want to say, because it's it's pretty up in the top five box office. I just Is looked. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of people seeing this movie, and it's kind of kind of come out of nowhere, at least for the mainstream. But this actually is a pretty popular movie among a lot of uh, uh, Christian-based yeah uh, demographics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what, what movie did you go see? Uh, I can only imagine. It's an amazing song. Just kind of happened. Took about 10 minutes, I guess. Bart, you didn't write this song in 10 minutes. Took a lifetime. How'd you do this? You know, I've never told anybody my story. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. Where's Mama? She's gone. She don't want me no more. And she don't want you neither. And I've always loved music. 
and I found some songs that I just, I held on to. They gave me hope. Mercy me, that can't be his real voice. Because I needed it. Dad, I can do this. No, you can't. And you're going to blink your eyes and you're going to realize that life has gotten you nowhere because you chased some stupid dream. I can only I'm leaving. Shit. I want you to know that I pray for you all the time. And I hope that you find whatever it is that you're looking for out there. What are you running from? My dad. Then write about it. Let that pain become your inspiration. I have some stuff I need to sort out. And I deal with it the only way I know how. And that's to write a song. You hungry? I set the table. What is this? I want to make things right. You and me. My dad was a monster, and I saw God transform him. You have a gift, real gift. I didn't think that God could do that. And so I wrote this song for my dad. Just like the song, this movie came out of nowhere and blew everyone's mind. You like that transition? So what's this movie about? Uh, so apparently there's this guy who wrote a song uh, called I Can Only Imagine and the Christians love it, right? Oh, it's a true, it's a based it's on a true story, right? It's a right? true story, yeah. And uh, Who wrote it? <clears throat> oh, you're so prepared. Bart Miller. Uh, Bart Miller wrote this and it's basically about the story of how this, uh, about how this song is created. It's a movie about creating a song. Okay. Yeah. Is that really what the movie's about? That's what the movie's about, yeah. Is a guy just writing a song? No, no, he writes it later, but it's about what happened and then how, you know, and what how he was inspired. It's not about him writing the song. It's about what inspired him to write the song. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and how, how was it? It was, uh, it was fine. It was it was whatever. It's, it's cool. It was right, you know. It's all right. That's it. Why, why, <laughs> is, it, why is it just... It's, it wasn't my cup of tea, you know. It's uh, it it's it's it was. I have a lot to say wrong with it, but I don't want like you know Christians, you know Christians come attack me for hating on their movie. Did you hear him? Well, you know, to a lot of Christian. I mean, look look at the past Christian movies that came out that were yes. pretty big. You know, like God's uh, not dead. God's not dead. God's and then so, not so, dead some too. some guy saving Christmas, the yeah. famous guy. Uh, and, and these Santa, are, Santa, Santa Christ. No, no, no. The, the the he was like a child actor of some know. kind. But anyway, point I'm trying to make is, you know, they're usually not the biggest budgets out there. Yeah. And very modest budgets, mm-hmm. um, but yet they make great numbers in the box office. Yeah. So it's like you know, they they could have like literally like a hundred dollars in the budget and they still expect to make that and more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they're not known to be you know with the greatest performances. I think that the key thing here is how much uh, they they they, they kind of give a story to you know a lot of how people. In the Christian community, yeah, met God in their lives and changed their lives, and it's a, kind of like a coming, uh, what, what, you know, those movies or coming of faith. No, the co- yeah, coming of faith. Yeah, coming of faith or something. I love coming of faith. Something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean it was good. I mean it wasn't about coming uh, uh, of his faith. 
uh, it was more of just like I mean he's always been like you know this this the main character Bart has always been like a god man a uh-huh. god fearing man and it's just like kind of the shit he went through you know what I mean because it's told in flashback you know what I mean it's it's got that cliche where it's like they're in the studio and he's he's being interviewed by a by a by a lady uh, uh, what it was. He's being, he's being interviewed by a lady and she's like well what made you uh, decide to write the song and he's like well I tried to dis- you know well, this is what I was doing when, when this is what inspired me and then it goes to flashback and then it's like the story is basically one long flashback until yeah. like the song gets performed yeah now here's here's an interesting thing and yeah. that is too many people does not, this does not come off as a Christian movie because there's uh, Dennis Quaid in it. Yeah, who is a mainstream uh, actor. Well, he's a. I think he's a big Christian. Like he, he's devoted to his faith. I think. Yeah, but he, it's not like you know, people think people think of Dennis Quaid. They don't think of him being in Christian movies necessarily. Yeah, that's true. So, so him having a big star attached to this movie, mm-hmm. I'm sure helped a lot get yeah. crossover mainstream, you know, attention. Yeah. Uh, so what was his role in this movie, and how did he do? I, I actually, I think that's probably the best performance I liked out of him. Maybe because he's a seen, seasoned actor. I don't know. Uh, he basically played the dad who's, like, really abusive. And, like, he hits his son with, like, a plate and shit. And, like, I was like, man, like, this guy's an asshole. Sounds and like he, my mom. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> okay. Is our, like, TMI? Too much? <laughs> was, too know, much about my childhood there? I was like, we could turn, we can make this into a Christian movie. Yeah. <laughs> the podcaster. <laughs> the, the podcaster was beaten up by his mom. Yeah. And shit. But he played, like, the drunk dad, you know, who's like, I gave up on my dreams. Be- I don't know why the son sounds like the dad. But he's like, I gave up on my dreams. You should give up on your dreams too. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, like he hits his son with a plate, and and yells at him, and just tells him that his dreams are shit. Hmm. Which stuff like that? That's that's what that's what like great music is made out of. Just people yelling at you and telling you that you're shit. Yeah. That's why I'm never gonna be a good musician. People haven't been treating me like shit. No, people don't treat me like shit. Man, we should encourage more people to treat yeah, you like shit. Yeah, just people. So you treat you, me got, like you got like a, a hit. What's that? It's just it's just drunk. You dream of art, that's good. Mm-hmm. I hear a mention thing. I'm gonna teach you something, Bart. Dreams don't pay the bills. Nothing good comes from it. All it does is keep you from all this. From knowing what's real. You understand that? Huh? Yes, Daddy. Well, that's a piece of junk. Why don't you just go throw it away? So what didn't work for you? It seems like you enjoy the performances. It was very underwhelming. All right. Let's what do you just, mean? It was like like it, they they could have took it. Like that's the thing with Christian movies. It's like they they have good ideas and they have good stories, but it's like they don't just they don't push it as hard as it can to where you get these kind of like flat performances, and like the stories just kind of like meh, and then it's just like because the whole the whole movie like the whole the, the whole structure of the movie is just like this happened and then this happened and then I was doing this and this just happened to happen and it just felt like like a lot of coincidence so it seems like you didn't enjoy the, the script necessarily 
And you also didn't seem to enjoy the direction, which was directed by two brothers, yeah, Andrew Irwin and John Irwin, yep, and they the Irwin had, brothers, and they uh, they worked, you know, on Christian movies, yeah, um, and I think they had about yeah, God's Not Dead, the the best. I don't think they, they didn't do that one. I mean, I'm pretty sure they probably did. No, they, they, I'm looking at their IMDb right now, and, and they haven't. Oh, I'm sorry, God's Not Dead too, and um, God's Not Dead three, no, geez. less deader. They, they they directed October Baby, Woodland, Mom's Night Out. Mom's Night Out? Yeah. Huh. So, and that came out in 2014. That's funny, too, because in this movie, the mom left the kid as a child. Wow, so, mom really went out. Yeah, she never did. came back. Yeah, they sent him to, <laughs> to summer school or summer camp, and then she's like, fuck it. See uh-huh. you later. Your dad's going to beat you with a plate. Okay. That's what happens. Now, I'm not like. I guess the real star of this movie is the song. Uh, not really, no. Well, do, how can you say that the movie's based on the song? I mean, you can't say it's a star. It's only in, like, the last 15 minutes. And it's a pretty good song. I was listening to it a little bit before yeah. we started. It's a sure. pretty nice melody. has it's a little fine. piano yeah. in I there. I mean, it, it was, a, it was a, a big hit. You know what I mean? That song yeah. is a big hit. My mom, who's not a Christian, yeah. who's a Catholic, I mean, I know it's the same it's whatever. Nice. It's it's whatever. Anyways, she was singing it, too, when it came out. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, everyone was singing it. I wasn't singing it. But oh. then again, you know, whatever. So, like, again... This song is the star of the movie. Uh, what? A, yes, but like the song, it came out of nowhere at the end. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it, this, that's the thing. That's not the star of the movie because it, it like the song is about like oh if I met Jesus like what would I do right? Uh-huh. But like it, like in the in the middle of the film he wasn't like what would I do if I met Jesus or some sort. What would I do if I met Jesus? Because I'm using that voice today. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's just like the last like 20 minutes is when he's like oh this is. You know, my dad beat me, you know, my girlfriend, I left my girlfriend because I'm an asshole and I broke my leg and I can't play, I can't play basketball. No, I'm sorry. I can't play football. Yeah. And then he's like crying in the, in the backseat because literally in the interview, he's like, it took me 10 minutes to write this, this song. Mm-hmm. And then the lady's like, no, it took you a lifetime. And I was like, no, it took him 10 minutes. Like this, this movie could have been over in 10 minutes and I would have been totally okay with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How how did uh so it, it seems like the movie didn't beat you over the head with this whole you know <laughs> with the plate with the plate or okay. with the, you know the whole thing God yeah it seems like they they really try to tell the story of it, it seems like it's a character um it's a character study even the in even, some way even the religion's not like super prevalent you know what I mean uh-huh. like they don't try to push it which is good I'm glad they didn't try to push religion on me I uh-huh. mean I'm already religious but yeah, that's besides the point. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't, like, oh, God is great. You know, he wasn't going to church every day. He, like, there were, like, three scenes. You know what I mean? But the thing the thing about this movie is that they, like, they, they cherry-pick just, like, little scenes of everything. So it's like, here's cherry-pick of religion. And here's cherry-picking of my dad being me with a plate. And here's cherry-picking uh, me with a band. And here's uh, Tracy Atkin being cherry-picked also. Trace Atkin. Trace Atkin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um... Don't don't ask me how I do, how I do that. <laughs> I don't know. Was... So, but, so what worked for you then? Um, Dennis Quake definitely worked for me because every time I saw him, because I mean, what what was good about those scenes is like, like the kids frustrated in the scenes, and like because the, the dad's just an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, and and then like like I was frustrated to see him. You know what I mean? To see the dad. To see the dad, just like him be around like, this really shitty character. So I thought that really worked well too. Um. That's about it, you know. I didn't really like the main character. He kind of seemed like a like a whiny guy. Too whiny? Yeah, a little bit whiny. He was a little whiny. Mr. Brickle. It's just Brickle. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. 
Um, I didn't know you were coming. Thank you. Yeah, well, it did. Merry Christmas. Uh, you know, we mostly just play uh, big shows, you know, but uh, sometimes we like to give back to, you know, smaller venues like this one. Yeah, look, Barth. Um, uh, it's Bart. Sorry. And what's the name of your band again? Uh, it's Mercy Me, you know, because when I, when I told my mama that we were starting a band, she was like, Mercy Me, you get a real job. And I was like, oh, Mima. <laughs> and then the guys were like, did she really say that? And I was like, yeah, we, we have to name the band Mercy because that's what we called it. Son, the sheer volume of words that comes out of your mouth is exhausting. You're not ready. That's what I think. You got talent, you got potential. You can sing, but I don't think you found your song, found your soul, you know what I'm saying? Look, that last thing you did, that was, that was special. Next gig, you should do that the whole time, the entire show. See how that works for you. That's not the kind of music that we sing, though. Trust me, son, you have no idea what kind of music you sing. We write our own music. We don't just do covers. Well, then write something like that, and then give me a call. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. You, you got to go with us. We got two more shows in Texas. We got plenty of room on the bus, all right? You know, you can't just change up our whole act and then abandon us, right? You don't seem like that kind of person, I can tell. Uh, I did, okay, I did tear up when they played the song. It was very moving, uh -huh. you know, with the, the sweeping camera movements and stuff. But, uh, and I did get a little bit teary. Why? Because yeah. it was just, it was well done. All right. Like the song's well done or the well, build up to the that build point? The build up to the song. And it's like, like when they were singing it, I was like, oh, fuck. But then they undercut it with like, he broke up with his girlfriend and all of a sudden he's like, oh, now he's back with his girlfriend. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Why did that just happen? You know what I mean? Like it's a beautiful. Do you know why? What? Because it was God's plan. It, was, it, was, it must have been. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's, that's this whole movie though it's God's plan like yeah. he went to summer camp and then he's cause it's just like it's just stuff happens and we're just supposed to like like it comes out of nowhere yeah. you know what I mean he like breaks up with his girlfriend for no reason or yeah breaks up with his girlfriend no reason uh -huh. his dad beats him over the head for no reason okay uh, he meets these guys I don't even know how cause even even the band like when he meets the band they don't make a big deal about it he's just like cleaning he's janitorialing it up janitorialing it up yeah janitorialing it up yeah <laughs> Anyways, like it just it just happens. Like he's sweeping, and then like these guys are like, "We don't have a singer," and he's like, "Hey, I can sing." And then like he's he's in a band now, and then it's like, "Oh, this is our first gig," and they're playing to like like fifty thousand people, and it's like, "What the fuck is going on?" What? Yes, what exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Why is this happening? Stop it!" You know? Oh man! And like, like they're like, oh, we're playing. Like they, they meet Trace Atkins, and he's like, I can get you. I can get people to watch you, watch you uh, perform and stuff. And then they perform, and they have like the best concert of their lives. And everyone's, everyone's just flipping their shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, we don't like you. We, you know, record executives. And then like, it's like, why is this happening? Like this doesn't. It, it's not anything. Uh huh. It, like it, you felt like it didn't add to the story. No, it's like nothing added to the story. <laughs> <laughs> so you find it confusing it's not confusing it's just like why is this happening like there's no transition into it it's just like this is the next scene this is what's happening now that's what's frustrating me the most mm. and they could have like I would have been fine if they would have this is like a story about him and his abusive relationship dad yeah and then oh and then another thing that happens is that his dad found Christ and now he's a good guy and now he's building trucks and shit so he's a born again Christian yeah well I mean he was I guess I don't know how born again Christian works 
it's like you, are you, you Christian know. and then you're born no Christian? it's it's like you correct me if I'm wrong here Angela Angela is a uh, is a uh, uh, Jacob Wheel's uh, current uh, girlfriend, consultant, consultant yeah. gr- slash girlfriend, whipping who who, who will we'll get her take on this because she is Christian. Um, a born again Christian is pretty much like you weren't you know raised Christian, but you know you found, I guess you did some bad shit in life, and the way you got through it is through you know uh, religion, mm. and then you change your lifestyle and you you know you go to is that, is that correct? Are we no, right? I, she's nodding yes. Okay. As Catholics, we don't know these uh, things. As Catholics, we just all we know is we're pieces of shit <laughs> until we go to church. So on what Sundays. it is is you're Catholic and then you just leave for some reason. Yeah. And you never get born. As again, Catholics, just... all we know is that our our, our <laughs> existence is just a sin. Yeah. You know, that's, that's all we know. <laughs> well, you're Catholic and then you become ex-Catholic and then it just ends there and you just <laughs> continue with your life. Um, that's like everyone's so, story. So the father, you know, is abusive, yeah. but later on in the film, he becomes a born-again Christian. Yeah. And he changes his ways. Yeah, but they don't even show him converting. He's just like, he's in one scene. He's oh, not he just pops out of nowhere? He just pops as, out of nowhere. Oh, um, that's well, it? Well, because he's like, he's you know, he's on tour. This buddy guy, what's his name? Bart. Bart. Bart, like, he's leaving, and they're on tour, and then, like, he's like, oh, they don't want to sign me. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go do some soul searching. I'm going to go back and confront my demons. Uh-huh. And then he comes back, and his dad's like, I'm making bacon and eggs. And he's like, well, why are you all nice now? And they're like, I'm not going to forgive you. And then he's like, my dad has cancer. And it's like, fuck, what? <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. And then he's like, I'm born again because I have cancer. And it's like, well, shit. Okay. And then, he, you know, he bonds with his, his dad. They built a truck. You know, he uses them, teaches them how to use Facebook or whatever. I don't know what things do. I probably didn't happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just like, it just happened. And then, like, oh, my God. And actually, you know what? When the father died, I actually kind of cried. You just spoiled the fucking movie. No, Once uh, again. You want me to spoil the movie? No, don't spoil the movie. Stop it. Stop <laughs> the, it. Stop the it. Dad died. You know what? You, you, you know what? You know what? Let's, let's get to the what? rating. All right? The rating? How, how you rate this film? And do you recommend people to go see it? Yeah. Go see it. <laughs> don't look at your girlfriend. <laughs> Jacob, get, you you are a fil- you are the world's best film critic for a reason. All right. Look, if you're a Christian and you like Christian movies that don't like aren't like live up to their like their fullest, like this isn't like a full movie. I would say it's maybe like maybe like a sophomore movie. Like if we had to kind of rate in, in that, like go see it. Like it's not fully matured yet. Like you know what I mean? Like they don't they don't. They, I. They're what. It's just not. It's it's just like it's it's bare bones in a way. You know what I mean? Huh? Like it's very simple, but not like simple and like oh this is good that it's simple. It's just like it doesn't. It, it could be they could have pushed it further. They could have focused more on one thing. It sounds here like it probably suits better being a TV movie. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Where if if you don't catch it in theaters, maybe save your money until you could catch yeah, it on streaming or on TV. Catch it on like what's a Christian station? I don't know. Aren't Christ- they all Christian stations? Christians on demand. Fox News? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But it's anyways, yeah, just it's a TV movie. Like go watch it on TV. That's fine. That's or fine. go watch Dead's Not uh, Dead. God's Not Dead Four. Oh, okay. Still not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Back with vengeance. <laughs> Alright, alright. So God's Not Dead 5, fully loaded. So that's uh, Jacob's review. He says that it it sounds like, you know, not worth the the theater, but definitely check it out if you see it on TV or on streaming. And if it caters to, it seems like it it caters to the Christian demographic and and you recommend it for them. Yes. Um, Not for Cine Files. One thing I like, okay, so the main character, Bart, guy, I don't know this guy's name. 
I haven't seen him anywhere else, but I think that guy can be a really good comedic actor. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, this role, he didn't have much to do, but I feel like he had a lot of potential. It, it's actually his very first role. Is it? Yeah. I feel like yeah. he, he can go, like, if he got put in, like, certain roles, yeah. like, he could do pretty well. He's got a pretty good voice. And the actor you're talking about is J. Michael Finley? Yes. Exactly. Why couldn't they just get the real the real guy who wrote the, the, the this is based on? That guy's on. probably like ninety years old. Let's be honest. No, he's like in his like thirties or something. Yeah, shit. but yeah, you know what's funny? So they like there's a scene where he's like trying to play a high schooler, right? The high school version of himself. <laughs> yeah. You ever seen Dewey Cox where he like he's like a young kid? Like they didn't even change the actor. Yeah. They did the exact same thing. So it's like these thirty year olds yeah. playing high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> high school. And then he's like, I'm like twenty years older. He he looks exactly the same. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Yeah. That's funny. But, uh, I don't know, man. But, I mean, it's fine. It's a, it's an alright movie. Um, alright. Alright, Jacob. Thank you for coming. But if you don't mind, can I talk to your girlfriend? Uh, no. Uh, Angela? Because <laughs> uh, I, I think I it's, it's important to get Angela's perspective because, you know, in some ways this movie was catered towards her. Yes. Uh, so if you could just switch real fast. You want me to switch seats? Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. Real fast. And, um, I'm getting kicked out of my own show. Is this gonna be Angela on Reels now? Angela and Jorge. Angela. <laughs> and well, Reels on Reels. Uh, so this is Angela. Angela, thank you for coming. Hi. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, first off, I want to apologize for you having to go through that <laughs> that review. <laughs> hey, my ears bleed. <laughs> um, uh, I, but for us, it's very important to keep it as uh, objective <laughs> for the listeners as possible. No. But anyway, uh, so you are a Christian. You're born and raised into a Christian family. That's correct. Right. Just to give people your 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 credibility. Right. Um. And how did you find this movie? Do you think uh, it lived up? I think it lived up to what we were expecting. Um, the band is Mercy Me, and I grew up listening to them, so I kind of had a backstory of what it was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that the dad was abusive, and that that's how he came up with this song was about his life. Um, so I think it lived up to what we were hoping for, and Who's we? Um, just us Christian <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> demographic. Uh-huh. Not what I was um, expecting. I'm I was sorry. glad that Jacob Keep saw it, but he had a different viewpoint than I did, and he wanted more out of one thing. But I'm like, it all had to blend together. Hmm. Um, to get the whole story did you sh- so when did the song come out um it was the late 90s early 2000s oh so it's been a while yeah it's been around okay a while. and uh, it seems like you really enjoyed the film and yeah. it and did the, the song justice yes um yeah it was really nice uh one of the scenes shows another singer um that was gonna sing it for him and she just felt bad she's like no it's his song he needs to perform it um, so I thought that was really nice that she had, you know, the guts to give it back to him and have him come up on stage and perform it because it was his song. Mm. And you recommend this film? Yes. Yes. Got it. As Jacob's working over there, I recommend it. <laughs> Highly recommend it. <laughs> All right, Angela, thank you for coming. Thank you. And thank you, Jacob, for once again for another great review. Am I back? Uh, yes, you're back. back. Okay, so this yeah. is my show still. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're out. Okay. Uh, God be with you. And, and may 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 the the, the the whatever gods be with yeah, you. Yeah, like all the gods. The, uh, you know, like all the right. bumper sticker. For God's sake, let's end this review. Okay. Well, you know, puns. Uh, all right, Jacob and Angela, thank you for coming. Thank yep. You.
If you've seen this movie, tell me all about it. You can email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your responses. Let's get to our main guest. Today's guest is a very talented musician by the name of Levi J. He is relatively new to the San Jose music scene, but he is already making a splash. Had a great talk about his process and about many other things about him that are very interesting. It just tells you how focused, how laser intensely focused he is on trying to make this music career work. He brought along his friend, his bass player by the name of Mitch, and we had a great talk. You can check out his music at levijmusic.com. It's a great website. I'm actually going to feature one of his songs from the website called Big Fish before we get to our conversation. And at the end, he also performs a live performance right here on the podcast studio. So it's going to be a great episode. So let's get right down to it. Life ain't always easy living in a small town The sun comes up before you know it, it's gone right back down The world's gonna keep on spinning all around and around And all those people wanna know what's going down But I can still hear people talk All things I don't know about I tried not to listen to them But I could hear them say a big fish in my little pond Or big things in small ways Never make it out of town to be back around When last stop's going his way now Uh-oh, I could just hear those haters talking shit He's never gonna make it far He's never gonna leave this town He's just a big fish in a small pond I kicked the door down And I was northbound Big city dreams on my little mind Leaving that dusty town behind I was working real hard Trying to get real far And I kept on singing those little town blues He's just a big fish from a little pond Doing big things in all the wrong ways He'll never make it in the city with a spotlight spot He just don't have the guts, you know Woo! I could just hear those haters talking shit He's never gonna make it far Not in this big city He's just a big fish from a small pond now
living in a small town. Cool, cool. Makes sense. So is it Levi J or do you go by Levi Jaswalski? <laughs> yeah, see, that's why it's Levi J. Did I fuck it up? <laughs> How bad did it's I fuck it up? Names. So the last, my last name is Joseski. Joseski. So J-O-S-E-W-S-K-I. The, the W is actually silent. Uh-huh. So it's a little too much for people. So I was... You know, I was like, I was thinking how, you know, a band name may be like a passenger, right? You know, because he's got kind of this, this name he performs under. And then I was like, you know what? I'm already Levi. Levi kind of hits a little bit, I think. It's it's somewhat unique. And then just Levi J is just, um, it seemed pretty easy. It was available for most handles, like, you know, Twitter and Instagram and all that. So Levi J Music was basically just the handle that, that I got everywhere. And so I just went with that for now. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, that's kind of where I'm at. I just, the last name, I, I went under the last, like if you if you Google Levi Joseski, like ev- just me pops up. Like everything, like all photos, my old YouTube videos, everything pops up. But now if you Google Levi J, it's like, uh, like, yeah. like it's not, it's not so much there. So I'm really trying to optimize like my seo and all the stuff i've never done before but but trying to get levi j um recognized by google mm-hmm. and like my website i just started the website levijmusic.com hello um and so i'm trying to get levi j going um i don't think you know so i was, I was originally a solo artist and so now i'm starting to mess around with the band and i don't know how levi j is going to work with the band but yeah so uh, but it's Levi J, so mm-hmm. that's what we're going with for now. Um, now, is that like a a Russian or is it a Canadian? Yeah, Joseski is Polish, Polish, right? Do you get so, that a lot? Um, yeah. I mean, people yeah. ask me. People ask. It, it used to be like in high school, people would ask me like juice. I would have nicknames: Juice Box, Jose Whiskey, like all this stuff. And so I originally, it's my dad's last name, and I've considered changing it just because. So we'll get deep into it. My dad wasn't always around when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so my mom's last name is Del Grande. And I considered changing to that. Um, but, you know, it, for, for an entertainment name, I mean, Levi J, just, it works. You know, it's 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 pretty clean. I have all the, the names for it, all the handles for it. So, um, but yeah, it's Polish. I mean, it's tough to pronounce. That's why I was like. So you're not close to the Polish side of your family? No, I mean, I still know, I still know the family. Um, and then you got De Grande, your mom. So is, yeah. there, is there like Latin roots there? Yeah, yeah, she's she's like Italian. Um, uh, yeah, she's they're spicy side of the family. They're like, <laughs> yeah, really. My mom, my mom and that side have a lot of energy. Do you feel like some of that spiciness kind of filters into your songwriting? Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, the songs. So I'm 29 now. And the you look pretty good for 29. Ha! <laughs> Not I'm 28. Morning, look yeah. at me. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we're all pretty good. So after and your so, buddy here, your bass player uh, for the listeners, his bass player is here at the mm-hmm. studio as well. He has a great set of hair as well. <laughs> working on it, man. Working, working on, on it. Some tats. Start growing it up. But but it's funny how you went. I'm 29. You kind of give like this like oh that oh tone to it. Why? What's wrong with that? Yeah. So you know just. For where I'm at in this music career, this industry, um, I would like to be a little younger. Who doesn't want to be younger? Mm-hmm. But at 29, you know, to really be breaking in seems feels a little late for me. And because I've been playing music since I was 16, but I've been doing it seems everything else but really playing music full time. 
until basically this last this last year I was in corporate marketing um, I was a tour manager driving around the country for different products and I did that for about three years I was on the road and I wasn't playing any music which was really unfortunate mm -hmm. um, what else did I do? I played baseball in college when I was younger until I was about 21, 22. Right. On, on your website, it describes you as a uh, prodigy. A not my word. Prodigy. Not my word, but it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a catch word. It's a... Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, does that mean that you had like some professional aspirations? Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, I basically was... I mean, I was, you know, recruited to go to college a few places. Um, I was on scholarship, you know, throughout college, and I really was... I really was hoping and really thought that I could have a chance to play professional baseball. What college did you go to? Um, so I went to a pretty prestigious junior college, Scottsdale Community College in Arizona. Uh -huh. um, and I transferred to a school in Santa Fe because you go to two years of a junior college. And then I transferred to a, a school in Santa Fe that had a, an art program and a baseball team, the College of Santa Fe. And the school was great. The music program was phenomenal. It was world class. And the uh, baseball team stunk. So, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> what? It was unfortunate. The school actually closed down after one year. So they they'd been around forever, but they added sports to up enrollment and try to get some more money coming in, and it just didn't work. So I actually had to transfer my last year of school, my last year of baseball, which kind of hurt me. Um, you know, bouncing around schools is not something you want to do if you're trying to be an athlete because right. scouts and people want to see you play and grow at a school. So I actually went out to East Bay, um, Cal State East Bay for my last year of oh, school. Oh, top of the hill. In Hayward, man. And oh, man. Um, so I got recruited to go out there. Um, now, and, it's interesting because you, know, you were born and raised in the West Coast. Yeah. I was. In the Bay Area or all around? Uh, so... So um, yeah, I've lived everywhere. Um, I really have. So I was born in I was born in uh, Oregon, but lived in Phoenix quite a bit. Um, we even ventured down to South Florida. We were in Pennsylvania for a little bit. So you going from West Coast to the Southwest wasn't much of like a cultural shock to you? No, no, definitely not. I mean, I've 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 been a lot of places. Um, yeah. Was your mother in the military? Um, no, she was. So my parents got divorced when they were about when I was about three or four. Mm -hmm. And she was just pretty much an independent woman, and she got she was a, a therapist, psychologist, and she was able to get work um, a lot of different places. Right about fifth grade is when we moved to Florida, because part of it was because she got a job, but also because the baseball was some of the best in the country down in South Florida. Right. And I went down to play baseball, and I mean, we were traveling national tournaments, and I was in fifth grade, you know, and, and it was of extremely high level baseball. Um, and then she actually got robbed down in Florida, I think twice, broken into a car. Just oh. really unfortunate. Um, you know, it happens everywhere. But it, So she was just kind of over it. So we had family out in Phoenix. And then, you know, basically from middle school to college, I was in Arizona um, playing baseball. And that's where constantly. you also picked up music, right? In Arizona? Yeah, yeah. So I was in Lake Powell, Page, Arizona. Um, beautiful place up there. In high school, I was about 16, and I started playing, uh, started playing music. Um, somebody... It, one of my friends was like, hey, like, you got to check this song out. Like, here's a little Jack Johnson riff. And I was like, I don't know who Jack Johnson is. I don't really care. And then he just kept showing me Jack Johnson riffs. I'm like, who the hell is Jack Johnson? Uh -huh. And then, like, eventually I started listening to, I can't remember, the, I think maybe the first song I heard was, like, um, was, like, Taylor. Like, not not any one of his big songs. Like, he, he had a bunch of records before um, In Between Dreams. Like, his big Banana Pancakes album came out. Right, and so I started learning Jack Johnson songs. Like, whoa, this is amazing! Like, this guy's good. Like, he plays guitar, 
girls love girls love his music and I can sing like with it and so I started doing that um, and then I got into metal <laughs> which is like uh, really popular up in northern Arizona like with a lot of native people so our high really yeah our high school was actually like why do you think that is that's interesting I don't know why um maybe just because they're pissed about a lot of things and maybe they connect with that music uh-huh. uh, just you know what, what, what tribe were, were, were so they there? were they were Navajo so Navajo. our high school is actually 60 to 70 percent Navajo and um they call me Wonder Bread Wonder sometimes. Bread oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's ridiculous you shouldn't have told me that <laughs> I know well it's funny because well they call me that because obviously I'm white <laughs> yeah obviously but they call me that because like they know I was a good baseball player and they like they respect me like you know it was you know I was so, like everywhere I've gone I've always kind of bridged the line between like like douchey athlete to like um, to like artsy guy, because I would play music with them, and I would, I would, I really like, you know, native the the Native Americans are like, ex- they're they would win cross country all the time, mm-hmm. they would like, um, they would win their basketball teams were incredible, they're incredible athletes, and so, you know, um, you know, and they they really, um, you know, it's a beautiful place up there. Like Northern Arizona is amazing, like. And they're one of your big early musical influences. I mean, you're hanging out with them in the metal, yeah, the oh, metal that's, scene. Yeah, that was it. So I started getting into um, so I so I really like the acoustic guitar and I like Jack Johnson. I started getting into, like Dave Matthews and and this stuff. And um, but but some of the first stuff I actually started playing was like Lamb of God, which is like which is like it's quite a contrast to what you think. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I approach music now. Is like I still listen to metal. Like I went to a Norma Jean concert in Santa Cruz like last week, and these guys are just like about as heavy as it gets. Rock and roll, man. I mean, these guys are really heavy. Um, and so what I want to do now is like you know I write acoustic I write acoustic songs. Like I write songs that are are pop songs, but you know I want to have like we added drums recently. And we added like like bass because I was I was doing like my loop pedal stuff, which is basically me with a loop pedal yeah. and looping things, repeating, repeating. Yeah. And I just wasn't loving it. Um, but it's, like, it's a different dynamic when you got other players totally on stage with you, and like they add on things. You're like, oh my god, I never thought of that. That's kind that's of that's like, actually what happened. So we just had a gig last night, which is why my voice is like. We had a gig last night at Forager. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, where our last song we actually we actually came off stage and we had a cajon like our our um our drummer just played cajon no microphones just acoustic guitar like bass and our we had a, a trumpet player and we just came out in the middle of forger without the microphones or everything and just played like acoustic when a man loves a woman mm-hmm. and it was really cool because we started that song and our our cajon player our drummer taylor he had basically never played cajon we just bought this thing, mm-hmm. right? Because we want to be able to go into coffee houses too, and we want to we want to be able to rock out on drums too, because we want to be able to get paid to play coffee houses and smaller places too. Because that's where I start. That's where I would loop. So I would rather have. I want to have a band that can go in with a cajon and like play covers, you know, to Cafe Zoe and Menlo Park and all these places. Mm-hmm. So what he started doing when we actually got this cajon and he put the tamarine on his foot and got a shaker was he just started playing the first rhythm that came to him like a like a quick little like fast rhythm with the shaker and so what we started doing was playing the chords to when a man loves a woman on top of it and it's not how the song goes but we use the same chord progression and basically then we we practice going back into three four time 
for when a man loves a woman. When a man loves a woman. Because that's not, you know, that's that's completely different timing from the rhythm. But what was cool is we weren't planning on that happening. And that's yeah. kind of the the benefit of playing with other people, you know. That's the magic. That's the magic of music yeah. where it's like, fuck all the, the, the time signatures and stuff. It's like, let's see, yeah. let's play, let's see if we catch a frequency. Yeah. Yep. It's organic. And, and let's see what happens. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, sometimes it's like, all right, this is kind of sometimes shit. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes <laughs> but, it... But then when you got it, it's like, I don't know, I don't know about you, but you get a certain elation, like mm-hmm. a certain high that yeah. comes with it. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, doing stand-up, you get that high... If you have a great set, totally. which, which is like I don't know, like two, three to five minutes, but with music, you can play like a, a thirty-minute set with that high, yeah, yeah, or an totally. hour, totally. and it's like it's, it, and then it becomes the thing is all right, you know, it, but then the thing about it is also it, it's very important is that to have a certain chemistry with others, mm-hmm. at least in their playing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so, so that's pretty. So that's where we're at. I mean, we just we just started getting together, and last night was actually our first gig. We played with David Brookings and the Average Lookings. Oh yeah, I caught him caught him not too long ago. Pretty, yeah, pretty cool guy. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. David's really nice man. Yeah, like, yeah. He invited I us. I took to a play. couple couple pictures. Yeah, I sent them to him on Facebook. I think that maybe creeped him out. Yeah, yeah. Who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taking pictures yeah, of cool, the band. He's, he's cool, cool man. He's yeah, funny. he's very cool. <laughs> but the thing was, it, you know, we got. I basically showed up and I got there and I was like, yeah. Um, I didn't really tell him I was gonna have a band play at first because he saw like my loot pedal videos and stuff and he was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll invite this guy and he invited me. And then like a few days before. I made like a, a flyer and I was like, I'm playing with a full band. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you were playing with a full band. Not that that's a problem, but just I didn't know. And so we, I got to the gig and he actually like, we started chatting. He's like, cool. So like, it's, it's awesome. You're, you're going to have the band come through. And he's like, so, you know, what's up with you guys? And basically he asked me like, is this your first gig? <laughs> and I was like, basically basically like the equivalent of being like have you is it have you have you lost your virginity yeah, yeah <laughs> like exactly. you're gonna play this show at forger yeah. opening for our band yeah. and i was like uh yeah we played like we played you know <laughs> like in the garage to ourselves but like so we played the gig actually really went surprisingly well like people yeah. people really dug it we put a lot of time and effort in yeah. into our set we only played five songs he's like you're only playing five songs i was like yeah. i was like quality man quality yeah. not quality, quality and quality. Uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So it worked out, but yeah, it was, we just got together with the band. So, so let's go back a bit. So you were in Arizona. You start picking up the guitar. Is that your first instrument you start picking yep. up? Yeah. Uh, and then, and I guess, how were you like in any talent competitions when it comes, or you, or did you kept it to yourself? Yeah. So I mean, I was playing baseball. I mean, I was I was playing baseball every day, all day. That's what I did. Um, as far like music was just a chance to play for like girlfriends that I had. I play, you know. That helps. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, I was playing, like, remember the OC? The OC (laughs) was the show back then, California. California, California. It's weird that I'm I'm in my late 20s, but I feel nostalgic all of a sudden. Oh, my God. You're right, we are old. So I remember the first time I learned that song, I played it for a girlfriend, and she cried. And I was like, oh, my gosh. She cried? Yeah, she was, I mean... You know, I mean, I mean yeah, happy you know. tears or yeah, good yeah, tears? Yeah, she just thought it was really Were good. Were you that or great or that bad? No, no, I think right. she was just kind of like, I think she was kind of like, you know, uh, appeasing me a little bit. She was like, uh, but yeah, she was, um, moved. She was, yeah, moved. She was totally she, she moved. moved. Nice, yeah. all right. But that, um, I wasn't really, I mean, I wasn't really running around gigging. Um, I was playing, I just, I just always kept playing. I was playing, um, like, Sweet Home Alabama was the first song that I really learned and really started. Uh, singing to you mm-hmm. um it was kind of like a breakdown i was like whoa i can sing and play guitar now and, and that happened and basically i just um 
you know, I, I kept, I went to college and I was always playing parties. I was playing. For oh, so like, you were known as that guitar guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, you know, in my apartment, like we always had, you know, jam sessions and I was playing Sublime all the time. I would try, I would write, I would write songs, I would write riffs and stuff, but you know, nothing really, I wasn't, it wasn't, music was my, was my like passion, but like baseball was like serious. I was, I was really, I was playing baseball every day. Yeah, and there just wasn't really time or effort to to to, to do music. It was kind of like I really I knew I love playing music. Like it was it was just music and baseball. They were both they were both passions of mine. I really love both of them, but it was it was like light it was light years different. Like baseball is like I don't even I couldn't even, I can't even begin to explain the differences between like going to play a game of baseball and like going to step on stage. They're both the both intense. Like they're both. Um, there's the same elements in them, but like, and like your different parts of your brain are working so mm-hmm. like hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like when you go play a baseball game and try to hit a baseball, like that shit is unbe- unbelievably hard. Like mm-hmm. I would have days where I just did not want to play baseball at all. I was like, I know I'm gonna suck today. Like before you show up, and if you think in that, you already you already know. And the same can be said for music too. If you think you know you're gonna suck, you're gonna suck, right? Yeah, you gotta but, have some confidence. But the thing is, the thing is, <clears throat> one thing that is different is when you're playing baseball. Like you have a dude on the mound, th- trying to throw a baseball past you, like mm-hmm. to get you out, and he could be amazing, right? Like he probably is really good. Like he's been working just as hard or harder than you, yeah. and you're trying to hit a baseball. Yeah. And that element of the other guy doesn't really exist in music. Like, like if we're gonna play a song here today, I don't really have competition. Like nobody's trying to get me out. You know, like I play my song, like I've practiced my song and worked at it. And like my voice doesn't sound the way I want to. Like I have some some elements that I have to fight. But like in baseball, like that dude's trying to get me out. Like I have to hit his pitch, you know. Right. But like when I when I when I play, I don't have that competition going against me. Right. You, you know, don't I have an adversary uh, element. Eat. Yeah. Right. It's just okay. kind of me competing against myself and how good can I do it? And and um, so that that is different. Um, but yeah, I was I was I, mean, I was really playing playing baseball a lot do you feel like you applied some of that competitive edge to, oh, to yeah. songwriting yeah everything not even when i, I mean was you're working. involved in songwriting competitions i'm sure it's a similar yeah similar process oh, yeah it's uh, the west coast songwriters are um this awesome you know awesome uh awesome community that you can go and you get judged you get some crit- you can get critiqued on songs and stuff um and it's really fun and it, it is it is certainly a competition people want to win um, but I like going for to meet songwriters. I'm new. I'm still new to the to the area. Um, I basically moved from from Phoenix and and San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really only been playing music here like like five months, basically. Um, like hardcore. Which kind of explains because I mean, granted, I haven't been in the music scene for a little bit because I've been so busy for the past year or two. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people told me about you about Levi J. Nice. Like, and they also yeah, and they up. all say he's a good guy. He's nice. a good guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Good, yeah. And, and but for me, it's like, oh, he came out of nowhere. I don't know who, who this guy is. So yeah, I was yeah. like, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what I kind of like too, man. Uh, my the the way I've always looked this thing is like I don't want to rush ahead. Like I, I wanted to build a website when I was ready to have a website. Like when my music is ready. I don't I don't have merch for my shows yet because. We're not playing like awesome shows, and I, I want people to people aren't demanding merch yet, you know. Like I want people to be like, hey, when are you gonna like let's let's get some merch when you're ready for it. I don't like jumping ahead. Like I didn't want to come on the show like unless I had things to actually talk about and good songs to play. Oh, you don't know? worry. Yeah. <laughs> you, trust me, I, I had a lot of not just musicians, but quite a few people who were like, I don't have nothing to promote. It's like, yeah, we're just talking out, and if you have something to promote, come back later. No yeah. big deal. Yeah, no pressure. Sure. But but what I like about your website that I think is different from others I've seen locally. 
is that you actually, uh, in some ways, you got the balls to put up your lyrics up there as well. Oh, yeah. Which I really liked. Yeah. Uh, and I, I could really, you know, go even deeper into your songwriting. Yeah. Uh, what was that decision? Yeah, so, about? so mostly um, there is, I'm going to pitch a book here. There is a guy named Ari Herstand, and he is a LA-based uh, musician, and he wrote a book called How to Make It in the New Music Industry. And I just saw a post on this on Facebook. Very page. popular. Oh, my Ren, gosh. I think Ren Gasek posted the, uh, probably, a Facebook probably. post. It's amazing. Like it's amazing. Any musicians out there, I would highly recommend it. It's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of been my secret weapon on things that I'm doing recently. Um, but it's going to get more popular. It's, it's, so it's amazing. So he basically breaks down. He's like website. He's like, here's kind of things that, that could make your website better. And lyrics were in there. And so I was like, you know what? It, it just makes sense. Like, I want people eventually singing the lyrics to my songs at a show, you know? And, and I would always hate, like, when I couldn't find lyrics to a song, like, really easily. I mean, on Google, you can find anything these days, too. But, like, back in the day, like, I remember trying to look up, like, Incubus lyrics and stuff. And, like, this was, like, almost before the internet a little bit. And I couldn't just really find all our lyrics on the website or, like, anywhere. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny you say that because one, it kind of reminded me of, of CDs. I remember yeah. I used to buy CDs, oh, yeah. and within yeah. the 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 centerfold of the CD, yeah. the booklets, they would have the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, that was I, one of the first things not I anymore. Yeah. And I, and for me, I buy CDs, vinyl, even cassettes, and that's one of the things I love about it. Yeah. Where you know, I mean, I think digital is all great, and stream is all great, but there, but that certain thing uh, of like being able to look deeper into the aesthetics of this album and the lyrics. Yeah. And it's like, you kind of had that on your website. It's like, oh, all right, this guy's yeah. on to something. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, At the same time, it's vulnerable. Like, for me, I don't know about you. I mean, you can, you, can, you can play music and, and perform, but to have your, your, your words out there bare. Yeah. Uh, it's for me. I feel vulnerable. Uh, do you feel the same way? Well, it's, yeah, sure. But that's kind of what people want these days. Um, from other things I've read, like, basically people want to be able to to talk to the talk to the talk to the artists talk to rock stars and like that's kind of what twitter is today and instagram like you want to be in touch with fans right and you want them to to connect yeah so basically you know i've read that that michael jackson might not have even i mean michael jackson huge for me like i love michael jackson but people say that he might not have been so successful because he was so secluded and he was so hidden from people but it kind of worked for him you know well it's a, it's a double-edged sword really because uh back in the, especially back in the day when you, when people you just know musicians you know them having private lives a certain myth is built around them mm-hmm. yep. a certain like legends of mm-hmm. stuff like and I get these days there's kind of a new culture in music where people should be in social media and interacting I think there's a lot of benefits but at the same time it's like do I really want to know everything about this person right. Right. I mean like totally. w- w- I mean w- something like even today I have how uh, uh, the, the the landscape and culture and politics is like oh I might disagree with this person's politics but mm-hmm. I love their music do we separate the person from the music mm-hmm. and and for me I think it brings out these different you know elements of people I, I don't know maybe yeah. I'm going crazy maybe it's just me does well, that make sense to you no you're you're totally right <clears throat> see the thing is for somebody like me I'm just starting out right like I want people to I want people to 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 know who I am and I want to be able to tell a story to people. 
Um, if you know, if I'm, you know, once you get big enough, then then people love you for your music and and they can find things out themselves. But like when I'm just starting out, I I need to put out you know as much content and be be you know in con if somebody messages me on Instagram and they say hey I really like this, I'm gonna message them back basically. You know, if you go message Beyonce, she's not gonna message you back, right? Like, and that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. I need as many my literally my Instagram it says one fan at a time, and that's kind of my thinking. Like, I need to connect with one fan at a time because I want to be, I, I don't want to be just um, this dude that they're seeing and hearing their music. I actually want to be, you know, right there for people. I want to be accessible for people, especially right now when I'm just starting to get my music because I can't overlook anybody really. Mm-hmm. Like I need as many people listen to my music as I can right now. And then when it starts to grow, you know, then hopefully my music gets better. And then, you know, I, <laughs> Your music's I, great. <laughs> well, <laughs> for, it, it can only get better, of course. It's, yeah, that's it's funny you had to put it out that way. That's <laughs> that well, you know, I'm 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 really critical about, you know, my music and what I put out. And everything I do, I'm really critical. Yeah. I, I, I Well as it should be. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to I mean I judge things pretty harshly and and so um I'll give you the, the rundown. Basically we did five songs at Suspect Studios, shout out. Um, they're awesome studio in downtown San Jose. And these songs, Mitch played bass and he played drums on them. So it was really awesome. Um, I like the songs. That's why we went and recorded them. Um, they're acoustic. Um, they're pop songs. They're, they're, you know, they're solid songs. That's why I'm putting out videos for them and I'm promoting the heck out of them on social media right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this next batch of songs is really going to be um, a lot more mature. It's gonna be just a better sound. Um, it's it's gonna grow uh, for sure from where we were, and so that's why you know if if I don't love the music that I'm putting out and making, then then why should everybody else? You know, mm-hmm. and I I I really like the music that we made <clears throat> in Suspect Studio. Excuse me, <clears throat> but I want to love the music that I put out. I want I want to feel like my music is like you know can 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 really resonate with everybody that listens to it and yeah. that's that's where i want to go that's that's what i'm trying to get to and it's interesting because uh, uh you touch on it as well uh, uh in that you're trying to build a brand for your fans sure. and stuff like that yeah and it's like you mentioned that you were in in uh was it was a marketing yeah yeah so i'm sure there's certain things you could pick <clears throat> up there oh yeah yeah definitely now you said that you for th- for a couple of years you, you were doing the adult thing you went to college for them you got a yeah. job and you did your thing yeah what was the breaking point for you where you're like, you know what? I really need to follow what yeah. I really want to do, which is music. Yeah. Uh, time, probably. It was just, uh, you know, I was. it's my age. I'd been, I basically, I was in Europe. I went to Europe. Was um, I went to Europe for about three months. Oh, cool. And I did that The general year. continent? Or <clears throat> oh, yeah. I went all over the place. One backpack, one guitar. Just nice. traveled all over the place. And I got back in basically last March last year. And I was kind of, so, so the marketing work that I was doing was an independent contractor. I was a tour manager and I would work six months at a time driving a truck and trailer around for different companies and I would get done and then I would have time off and I would book another tour. And so I was kind of back and forth. I was never nine to five, which was really kind of, I, I really enjoyed it. I was making good money and I got to travel the U.S. and I got to go everywhere. Um, so then I saved up money and I went to Europe and I got back and... I was just like, you know, I could book another tour, basically go for another eight months. Um, and at this time I was, I was 28 basically. And I'd had a bunch of songs. I'd all, I had, you know, almost 20 songs and, and I had five basically really good ones that I really liked and I, I wanted to record. Um, and it was just, 
you know, I, I basically was at a point where I was like, I don't want to go on tour and do this again. I, I, everybody always talks about going and chase after your dreams, right? You only get one life. Do, do, you know, do your passion. And that was kind of it. Um, so I, I'm not working a job right now. Um, I'm, you know, basically living on savings, which was basically running out right now. And so I work like marketing jobs, like, like to, after this, I'm going to go sample like energy bars at REI and like promote, you know, a product. And so, you know, and that pays me like a hundred bucks for like three hours. And I would rather do that than that or than be on a big tour making like a bunch of money a day. Cause it takes time <laughs> out of, it takes time. I can't, you're I would, doing your crap. I wasn't playing music at all. I wasn't writing songs. I was like, I would be in like Savannah, Georgia, like running around, like have my guitar with me, but I would, and I would have things to say, but I wasn't like, I wasn't mentally, I wasn't in a place where I could write songs and I wasn't playing live and I didn't have like anything going for me on social media and I, I didn't have any, any it, stuff out. It's a little spiritual draining, isn't it? Yeah, it sucked. So yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, I basically got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm, I, you know, I moved in here. So I got engaged recently, Christmas. Um, oh, congrats. Yeah, it was a big step. And um, <laughs> you took a big risk. Yeah, man. And she didn't see it coming at all. So following um, your dream and now getting engaged. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what's her reaction to all of this? Well, she's she's she approves. She definitely um, it's she she's definitely encouraging. And how long have you guys been together? So we met when I was in school in East Bay in about 2010. And oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, we know each other. While. We know each other. Uh, but I was in the friend zone for about four years. She had a boyfriend. <laughs> and oh uh, no. Yeah, and then, no, you actually you actually got through the front zone. Yeah, yeah, yes, that that is so rare. I know, I know. Uh, I I was persistent. Believe me. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so I'm sure dude, that that explains. I knew it. There's something in your lyric writing, like in your songwriting. That I was like, you know, this guy's gone through some shit. <laughs> I could just tell. That's that's, but, that's I mean, what I, mean, I want to get out. And yeah. it's funny because I like you know you singing your songs. It's very acoustic pop, very you know uplifting. But then it's like, you know, you take that away and you read the, the your lyrics. I'm like, all right, th- this guy knows how, he knows what's yeah, going on you know. here. Yeah, right on. Yeah. There's heartbreak ran all over this thing. Yeah, definitely heartbreak. Um, <laughs> but you got her at the end of the day. You got the girl. Yeah, definitely. She and you, she, she proves, man. And you're putting a ring on it and you're following yeah, your dreams. She, she got the ring, yeah. Um, she, she approves. She's, you know, it takes a lot of time. Like right now what I'm trying to do is, is try to cover every social media aspect, building websites. And I went through basically an admin period where I was like just sitting at a computer. Like the last two months I've just been at a computer and now I'm kind of coming out and we're starting to play shows now. Um, Cause I feel like the foundation is built and that took a lot of time. Um, and she, she, she approves, like she gets it, but she, you know, she also needs like time to be in a relationship too. And, and, and finding that balance is really um, it's going to be a challenge for me, especially if I want to go on tour and play music, you know, regionally and nationally. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how how you know famous rock stars can be in relationships and be on tour like you know constantly. Like that's it's a it's a it's a it's a balance. I'm sure. Oh, it's, it's a lot like jamming. It's like what we talked about earlier. It's like we'll see where it goes. Like you know, let's, yeah. let's catch a good frequency. Let's write it out. Have have a, have a good time while we can. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. It's it's it would be a good problem to have if, if my music started catching on. And you know, I mean, I you know, she's the one. So it would just be it'd be a good problem to have if I have to go on tour. You know, and, and to figure things out like that. Now, talk to me about your songwriting process. Yeah. How, how did you approach it when you first started writing original music? And how do you approach it now? Oh, yeah. Now that you, you're you're actually album building at this point. Yeah, sure. So originally, I was just I would just write 
and I would just write catchy parts. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't finish songs a lot of times back when I when I was originally starting just because. You know, I would get a chorus and I would get a catchy melody and I would get to the bridge and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to write here because um, I've done a lot of a lot of studying on the craft of songwriting um, more so recently, which has helped me finish songs and, and has helped me, um, you know, really, really grow as a songwriter. And basically re recently, the last last year, I've really had some breakthroughs with um, just writing exercises, waking up in the mornings and trying to just write, like writing about detail oriented writing and meta working on metaphors and working on rhyming and, you know, cause you can learn how to do it. It's, it's a craft. Um, at the end of the day, you still want to, you want to be able to, to create a cool melody and to know how to play guitar, but you can still, you can take three chords and make a hit. That's all pop music is on the radio, you know? Um, but you want to be. You know, I've done so much reading and so much, so much research, basically the last six months, on just um, how to write hits and how to write, how to write better songs, basically. And the idea is, is I can have all this stuff in the back of my head, but not think about any of it when I go to write a song. You know, it all just comes out on the paper, um, and then I can mold it from there. Um, but you know, I, I, I write lyrics first sometimes. Um, I have a cool guitar part sometimes. Um, it's just, it, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like I'll take it, I'll take it any way I can come. Um, I've done a lot of reading on Bob Dylan. He's Bob Dylan used to say, I don't know who wrote these songs. Like it wasn't me. He would go, it just came through me. It was like a lightning bolt that came through. Yeah. It's very interesting because, uh, a lot having this podcast for three years, <laughs> a common theme that I get with a lot of artists, like painting artists, sure, is a lot of them would describe the process like coming from somewhere else. Like they're, yeah. they're just a satellite receiving totally and it's funny how Bob Dylan was a musician who described it that way yeah. I'm like wow like but then again it's like yeah, that could be applied in a lot of creative endeavors where it's like yeah sure. you know sometimes you look back it's like I, I wrote this I did sure. this sure that's 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 how it comes out for me too like I'll, I'll get a song in a day and some lyrics and and just be you know really excited uh, John Mayer would say too he'd be like the day after you write a song like is like a good day for a songwriter you know you feel you just feel on top of the world after you wrote after you wrote a good one um, yeah it's it's you know I just want to crank out basically I just want to crank out content and songs it's not so much about these days it's not so much about putting out a big album like you want to put out a big album of course but you know a lot of times if you put on an album the last four songs on there if you put out 12 songs people don't listen to they listen to one song they listen to the single basically and it's it's good and bad it's good that people are listening to music in a new way but you know people people like the single drop people like the new video for the new song too and that's kind of where i'm at now like i don't have a ton of songs so i so i basically put out one song with it with a cool hopefully a cool video and you know try to make each song special right and so that's kind of where I'm headed. That's what a lot of artists, Chris Stapleton, um, recently put out. Like he puts out a chap, he puts out three songs basically, and then in the next couple months he puts out three songs, and that's probably where I'm gonna go with it. I mean, I'll have an if you come out to a gig, I'll have an EP or an album that you can buy, and just so I can you know have merch and I want to sell to people. But um, yeah, a lot of times if you put out too much, like people people won't listen. People's attention span is not that long for music anymore. They, so there's a balance of how much output of content yeah definitely like okay. I want to put out I want to put out you know as much content as frequently as possible without it getting overlooked you know if I wrote a good song I want to like put it out there and promote it 
you know um, ideally it's not me promoting it after a while I can just focus on writing cool songs and, and playing live shows because working on your you know online it's totally necessary if you're gonna be you know a singer songwriter like a musician like and you don't have much of a following like you gotta you gotta promote that you gotta self-promote mm-hmm. you really have to put stuff out and honestly that's it's it takes a lot of effort like it stinks like I I hate being on Instagram you know too long but it's you know it's it it's helping grow it a little bit you know putting time in on Instagram and social media it helps you know people listen to YouTube videos I'm starting to get more subscribers on YouTube and it's growing um, but it's it's hard it's not easy to do that and ideally I can you know if it grows enough I can pay somebody to do that pay a manager or somebody to, to post on social media because um, you know it takes away from songwriting time and it takes away from music time you know mm-hmm. now t- tell me about this uh, the EP that you released yeah uh, Heart and Soul yeah uh, what was the initial uh, inception of, of this EP yeah and the five songs you've chosen like what did they mean to you and why were they important to be on this sure. specific EP so Mitch and I started playing his garage and um, his parents are awesome let us play in his garage all the time man um, with drum set now too um, so we basically Mitch was a mutual friend that he worked with um, um, some people I knew and so we got together in his garage and started just me and him he would play drums sometimes and he would play bass and we went into Suspect Studio and we had basically five songs that, that we we knew what we wanted to do with it. Um, we weren't as prepared as we thought originally, but we got the songs out. And now the Heart and Soul EP is, is um, it's, it, I didn't really have a plan all that much for to how to release songs and how to release it. But now it's, the ship has kind of found the, found the path, found the way we want to go. Um, basically, um, we're putting out, we're putting out, you know, a song, I put out a song probably every, every two weeks or so from it, and there's going to be six songs on it, and it's going to be, if you come out to a show, we'll have a CD for it, um, the videos will all be there, and that'll be, the, the Heart and Soul EP is, is, it's basically what I'm doing right now, um, but that's, I'm, I'm trying to get on to the next stuff pretty quickly too um you know i got a new song cowboy jack leaving um the actual heart the song heart and soul was written later it wasn't actually recorded it wasn't one of the original song the five songs that i had when we went into the studio we wrote that i wrote that kind of after we went to the studio in july and i had to go on a marketing tour i went on a marketing tour for like three months i was gone and then we came back and finished it but i had this i had the song heart and soul written and then I did like a live studio uh, loop pedal version of it, um, and it's on the EP too. But I wrote that song later, and it, it I took time off, and things kind of got messed up, and we didn't really. Know, I knew I was gonna finish it, but it was just um, the, like work got in the way, basically. And so, you know, now it's it, the, all the songs are done, but I'm just kind of putting out videos with them. I've got um, a song California is gonna come out, and that's like the fourth song that I'm putting out from from the Heart and Soul EP. It'll all be out eventually, but I like the idea of putting out a video with content because if I put out all the songs and all the videos at the same time, then, you know, it's kind of loses like some 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 gusto, you know? Um, it's, it's marketing. You want to make everything you do kind of, you want to keep people coming back a little bit for more. Um, so the Heart and Soul EP is, is basically done now. Um, <clears throat> we're going to try and get in the studio. I don't even know if we talk about this, but we're going to try and get in the studio 
<clears throat> hopefully within the next two months and have at least two two new songs done um, that are much much better than anything we've done because we've mm. grown quite a bit since then. Mitch has got pretty solid on this bass, man. He's always been good, but he really. Um, I was watching some video last night of our gig at Forger, man, and like you're pretty rocking, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. Dude, you're a very entertaining, <laughs> man. It was it was fun. Like we, I think we turned some heads. I think, I think we did so, too, pretty man. good, and that's that's the 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 place we want to go because Heart and Soul EP is really very acoustic, and that's where the songs are going to come from. But you know, last night I played electric guitar for four out of five songs. So your theme going electric now? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah. <clears throat> it's just. Well, it seems like Heart and Soul is a good introduction to your music. Though. Yeah. Definitely, I, I think uh, yep. I think it's a good a good um, look into what you, your songwriting yeah. is about. I mean, Heart and Soul is an interesting song because somewhere towards the the uh, the middle end, you start naming off all, all these yeah. influences of yours. Yep. 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 Uh, and, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's that's, that's kind of different. Yeah, it's you know it goes along with the theme of Heart and Soul. It's it's Heart and Soul is basically who I am. I, I was new to San Jose. I didn't have like a song where I felt like I could just roll up and play a song in an open mic and people go, oh, okay, cool. Like this guy's got some skills. Like I didn't have that song. So I, I just wanted to write a song that was like, you know, um, pouring blood, sweat and tears into every single one of my songs, my heart and soul. And yeah. so I got to a part where it was like, I was singing songs like Jack Johnson and Dave Matthews and Sublime and, and just kept going. And I was like, I don't just like them. I like Fall Out Boy and Blink, you know, New Found Glory and, and um, Atreyu and Slipknot and all these bands and it was just kind of who I am and Beatles, Bob Dylan, Bob Marley, you know, all these all these musicians are kind of, um, you know, who I am as a songwriter and that's a lot of new music. Like people, you know, people my age like listen to all this stuff too. Like, you know, I don't, I want to be able to rock out on a song um, like Leaving, like one of our new songs is Leaving. It's like a song about going away. <clears throat> but and it was totally an acoustic song, but we don't play it now. Like it's kind of it's it's kind of rowdy. It's cool, like man. it's fun to play. It's it's a it's a kind of a little rock song. Tell me about Red. <clears throat> so Red is um because Red is an interesting song as well. So yeah, like, it's it's one of the songs where I was like, all right, this guy. Yeah, something is brewing in him. Yeah, so I know I know he's known as, as the nice guy, but yeah, come on, there's something in there. Yeah, Red was I was um I was I got dumped and it sucked and. So I was pretty, I was bummed, I was a little pissed, and originally I had I had that riff around forever, and I didn't have any lyrics for it, and then I got dumped in, and then I had lyrics for it, and I was like, okay. Um, it's funny how it's usually doing Heartbreak, where you write out, like, yeah, sort of banging songs, you know? Yeah. When you're most depressed, is one <laughs> yeah. of the best stuff sometimes. But here's the good thing, is now that I'm, like, not depressed over women, because, like, you know, my fiancé and I are, like, pretty good, we're doing really well, like, we don't really fight or anything, like, so hopefully I can, like, everybody appreciates a Heartbreak song, a good Heartbreak song. But I wanna. I've always written about relationships. A lot of a lot of relationship stuff. Um, what else? Like without you is is a song that we're gonna release. Um, Red. I appreciate songwriting about you know about relationships, and that's always gonna hit with people. Um, I want to step away from that a little bit because I want to write. Um, I don't know. I I, I want to write about broad things too. I don't. I'll always write songs about about relationships, and that'll always be there. But I also want to write about things like Heart and Soul is not about relationship, you know. And that was one of the first big songs that I written that wasn't um, about relationship. But Red is Red is a song that I could play for anybody at any time, and they'd be like, okay, that's that's a good song. Like I could appreciate that acoustic. Um, basically, the backstory was I I I, I got dumped and. She had beautiful red hair. She was super nice. And I was really bummed about it, obviously, if you listen to the song. And I knew that 
Um, she was just, you know, she was on my mind. And that's basically the lyric. I'd be lying if I said she wasn't on my mind. And it grew to have drums in it eventually. And then we added a trumpet. And um, we did a nice lyric video for that. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Fiverr. Fiverr is a really cool app that I found a lot of graphic design artists for and lyric videos for the song Big Fish. I had um, a German company um, basically for about 350 bucks make me an all animated video. Um, custom they like were really cool and I found them on Fiverr and um, basically I um, you know whatever I put it whenever I put a song I want to put out good content basically my whole thing is I want to put out quality content consistently um, because if you're not putting out if you're not putting out quality things then people are like yeah it's cool but like you know why I'm gonna go watch this other guy's video yeah. who's amazing like he's got really great he's got really great content and then if I don't put out consistently then people just forget then people don't show up to listen to things. Which is a challenge to be consistent in some yes. ways. Because it's, creativity comes and then leaves, mm -hmm. and then you don't really have much control. I mean, you can, to a certain point, you can work as a craft. Mm -hmm. But I think there's an element that it's important to have, which is authenticity. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, and sometimes you can't really get authenticity if you're just running the mill yeah, exactly. uh, on stuff. Well, that's also why I have you know that's what also why I'm releasing a song and a video every two weeks every you know I, ha I have this EP recorded but I and I, I even had some videos recorded um, some videos were done for it like red was done maybe like two weeks ago but I, I, I promoted it for the for those two weeks until I released it and that's kind of releasing quality content consistently basically you I wanted to spread it out you know and I, I had them done but I wanted to I wanted to build a little anticipation for it too. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you can space things out. And what you're saying to authenticity is totally true. That is one thing um, that I really have wanted to focus on is, you know, there's a fine line between just being an entertain, entertainment business and being phony versus being like a real, like a real person writing about real things that you feel. Cause people will see through it if you're, yep. if you're phony and like um, not authentic. And that's really something that I want to push because one of my biggest things is I really I'm pretty comfortable in between songs talking on stage um, and and I kind of need that personality to come out in my music too because sometimes I, and you know I'm not the best musician I'm not the best singer but I like to think that I am really good at connecting with an audience and talking to talking to people between songs and making them feel comfortable at a show um, and that's what I really want to get good at. And that's being authentic, you know? And that's not scripted, not scripted stuff. Um, it just kind of comes out. Um, and if you're good at that, I feel like you're, you know, that's that's a good thing to be good at, is, is you, connecting with with people. Do you feel like your live performances has changed? Like, in yeah. some ways, you start with the open mics, right? Yeah. Which open work. mics would you hit up? Uh, so I was at Cafe for Scotty. I was at um, really? Red Rock. I was at... When, when David was running it or the current? Yeah, Dave. Yeah. Grizzly Rob was there. Um, we would go out there. So after a while, um, I started using my loop pedal at these open mics too, um, and which was which was really kind of a cool draw, and it's really nice for an open mic too because it's unique, and you can tell that there's there's the next level of artistry there, I guess you'd say, by using a loop pedal because most people just play acoustic guitar, but when somebody comes in and plays a loop pedal, it's kind of a little more impressive, and so mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do. Um, but the open mics were, uh, that's how I met everybody in, in San Jose, basically. I met everybody playing open mics. Um, you know, Jake Wickman at um, Red Rock, is he's got his band JWB. I met them. Um, just Time to Decide is another band around here. Like, all these people. O'Malley's, 
um, Watch Me Breathe is another like Santa Cruz based band. Like all these bands, like you know, they're it's just, it's still it's a big it's a city, but it's still a small community in South Bay, and like these open mics were just how I got my feet wet here. That's why I wrote Heart and Soul, because I was like, I want to go play... The, literally, the first line of Heart and Soul is, hello, how are you? I know we haven't met, but I sure know you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's... it's Talking about driving down the 280? Yeah, driving down South 280, so heading do, to my do, show. Do you live in San Francisco? No, I actually live... I live in San Jose. San Jose. But I was always on the 280, like... I'm just always on the 280. I, was, I would drive to San Francisco for work. It's and a good I was, drive. I like that. I love drive. that drive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the open mics were, were beautiful. And there's a lot of open mics here. I was in a town. I was in Casa Grande, Arizona for a long time. And I was living there basically for a year. And I was like 26, 27. And I was in between tours. And I was living with mom there for a year. And just kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was gigging at, um, I was gigging at bars and restaurants for like, like four times a week basically but there was no open mics there was no scene there all I was doing was playing cover songs at bars and I was getting paid to do it which was really fun but there was no community for music that's where the money's at man the cover I know, songs I know I know I know <laughs> ironically yeah well yeah people yeah. people enjoy it and that's what bars and restaurants like they right. want you know familiar stuff from people um, and and you know and I would always play original songs in there too but you know it's, it's a fine line like you want to go Covers will get you in the door, basically, but, like, originals will get you out, is what I like to think. Like, your original songs are, like, if people go, okay, cool, he just played, like, When a Man Loves a Woman, like, that was really good. And then he played Tom Petty, and he played all this stuff. But then when you go, okay, now it's my song, like, and you kill your song, and people go, oh, sweet, man. Like, I didn't know, like, now he's, now I get it. Like, that's what he did. And and if you tell people, like, hey, this is my real, this is my song, this is really what I focus on. And people like that, I've seen it happen. People will be like, oh, dude, like, really good. Like, can I get, like, your business card? Where's your stuff? That's that's how you get out the door. Then people will be like, then you can be like, okay, cool. Come to my show. Come to the real show. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You got a very methodical outlook in this thing, which I think is, is very important to a lot of people creative who are trying to create a brand and a business. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you got... You, get, you seem to get your shit together. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's... the I... <laughs> thank you. Um... <laughs> I I try to I try to keep it together. Basically, I want people to show up if they happen to stumble onto my website. I want them to go, "Damn, well this looks good. Like this guy looks like he's put time and effort into it." And that's because that's what I want to do professionally. Like I want to do music only. I don't my goal is basically my goal at the end of the day is to just play music or have a job in the music industry um or, you know, produce whatever, artist development, whatever. I don't want to go back to marketing um, get a job around here which is like not to say that that wouldn't be awesome and I couldn't probably make money doing that but I'd rather just play music and you know you gotta you gotta make sure you know all your bases are covered basically you want to um, I want to look good if you if somebody comes to my Twitter like it looks cool you know I've got a cool banner there um, it's just so know, aesthetics is a big part of of course everything. A- aesthetics um, it's everything it's aesthetics it's having good songs. Mm-hmm. It's performing well. Mm-hmm. It's it's connecting with the audience the right way. It's having cool business cards. It's like it's like 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 that's like a huge compliment is, is for you to say. It looks like you have your shit together. Like that's <laughs> that's what that of course that's yeah. that's what I've been doing. That's like yeah. that's like it's honestly it's sad to say, but that's just as important as having good songs. Like right. if you have good songs, then you can put them on SoundCloud and like people will pick it up and you can do well. Like Marshmallow is a, is a DJ who did that. He just put stuff on SoundCloud yeah. and blew up because this stuff was amazing. 
but like <clears throat> my music isn't that amazing yet so i want to make sure like that i you know it looks like i'm really doing my stuff it's funny you know? it, it reminds me of the arctic monkeys they got oh, yeah. they got signed to a label because the producers because when they performed they wore ties they looked very professional yeah, sure. so he just assumed that they, they got their shit together yeah, exactly. which got them to the door yep uh, to record the and look look the Arctic Monkeys are big now, yeah. yep. but but They're it's incredible. In, but but I think you you touch upon an important notion. I think um, and I think this is more towards you know uh, you know more mature musicians because I think when you're young it's important to be spontaneous and, and yeah. experiment. Mm -hmm. But once you reach that point, you know late twenties or thirties or whenever yep. it comes to you, yep. where you're like all right, I want to make a career out of this, sure. which is much more than just the 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 creative side of it yeah. it's the business side of it yep. exactly. and, and and it's a difficult thing trying to balance the both and make mm -hmm. sure both are, are having as much attention as needed yeah yeah it certainly is it, it it was it was time to 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 get all this in line you know because i'd always be posting stuff on instagram I, i'd had cool videos and stuff but like but i'd never done like a photo shoot with anybody i never paid anybody for pictures or anything and um just just you know, having everything together, it, it was time. I'm almost 30, you know, if I want to do it for real, like, you know, go do it. Because people I love, like, like musicians that I love, because I'm always checking, like, hot musicians and what they're doing. Like, people that aren't super famous, like, if you've ever heard of Borns, Borns is an amazing musician, shout uh, out. From Sweden? <clears throat> Born, no, Borns is actually this kid from Michigan. Borns is Wait, like... Wait, is this the guy that made the electric... Uh, yeah, electric feel. Electric... Yeah, electric love. Electric yeah. love. Oh, he's right. amazing, right? Born. He actually sold out uh, Fox Theater, and I went to go, like... Uh, Watch him play in yeah. Oakland. I, like I couldn't even get in. I think it was Scandinavian for some reason. Nah, he's from uh, Michigan. Michigan. He's amazing. Peter Borden and Yard. Different guys. Right. We don't care about the young yeah. folks. Yeah, yeah they're no, so but, 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 but Electric Love is is, is a different one. The music video in the forest with the ladies <laughs> wearing. Yeah, white. yeah, he's amazing, right? He oh, did ten. I think that's MGMT. No, no, no. Yeah, MGMT is Electric Feel. The Santa Cruz band. Electric. Love. So Borns also did ten thousand emerald I, I, pools. I'm about to pull it up. Yeah, Borns yeah. is like, um, I'm diving deeper, deeper for you, and it's like oh. really good. So, but anyways, the thing, the the reason I mentioned Borns is because like he's a he's an upcoming artist, like he's got you know he's spot he's got right. a label. Borns with, with the with the so, yeah so sorry Borns yeah Borns is the man. I just found to validate. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, yeah. he's a rock star. He's yeah. bona fide, right? So the reason I kind of I look at stuff like his and, and Halsey is another person I look at because they're they're current they're so new they're like people their music is on fire right and so I want to like you know that's where I want to be right I want to be like you know my music isn't necessarily there yet but I can still everything that I can do right now like I can get on my computer and make a website and buy the domain name and I can make that look cool and um, you know, it's sad to say, but that is that is just as important. You know, like you 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 want to look the part too, and then your music. Um, I've read music is your marketing these days because music's free, right? You don't make money from music really these days. You make money from people showing up at your gig, buying shirts, buying merch and stuff. Um, patrons, you know, Patreon is is a way to get paid. Um, I saw you have a, a Patreon page too. Yeah, right? but. Uh... I'm pretty bad. I don't have my shit sure, together. Sure, sure, sure. Like, but but you're doing this, man. The, yeah. You know that's that's what that's my whole thing. I mean, I'm setting out foundations, but I, yeah. I I'm not really like putting as much effort. You know, I'm I'm all over the place, man. I'm dealing with comedy and and film, and I'm pretty bad. But but it's yeah. good to, to see someone like you, uh, where you're focused, you're laser focused on yeah. what you want, and and yeah. you're really setting up a, a better foundation to to make it happen. 
I, I think that's a that's a good thing to know. That's 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 very useful. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, do it. Yeah. You know. But though we're reaching towards the end, we're closing cool. up shop. But before we do that, let's talk about the evolution of your instruments. Yeah. What was the first guitar that you ever got and you played? Huh. And what other guitars or instruments did you deal with until the one you have now? Go ahead. Hey. First guitar I ever got was a hand-me-down from my brother. It was uh, just a Fender acoustic guitar. The action on it was probably like two inches. So by the time you got to like the ninth fret and you're trying to press a chord, it <laughs> hurt like hell. Yeah, right. Mm. But I played on that for a year, and uh, I didn't know it's time. But oddly enough, uh, it was a good thing because it it really built up that hand strength, and so you know went from there to kind of electric, uh, and then was playing in a band. We needed a bass player, and it's like yeah. I'll pick up bass too. You gotta fill the role. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I started picking up bass and, uh, and that band kind of took off for a period in time. And um, What was the name of the band? Uh, Far From Known. Far From Known. Uh, yeah, Far From Known. And then uh, eventually morphed into Without You, uh, I'm sorry, Without Wings. But uh, at that point, we didn't last too long. Um, we were kind of towards the end at that point. Uh, and then started playing drums because I wanted to pick that up as well. And uh, yeah, but he does it all, man. Bass has always been um, for some reason the 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 one instrument where I feel like um, my individuality comes kind of through on the instrument, um, and I can express myself kind of exactly how I want to musically. Yeah, Mitch rocks. Uh, <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and now, yeah, now I've got a, a couple basses, uh, both Fenders, but. That's the thing with uh, being a, being an artist and being a musician is uh, you know doesn't pay a lot, but it's also an expensive uh, yeah. kind of profession. So right, right. totally, you're right. always kind of sinking money. There's into a it. lot of toys to buy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I my first guitar I actually had for like three four months and I traded it for a, like subs and a sound system in a car <laughs> like an amp because <laughs> I wanted. What kind of guitar one. was it? So it was like a little Alvarez. No, no, no. It was like a little Alvarez car. I had like some Atreyu stickers on it. Nice. And this dude was like, "Hey, I'll, if you want to trade that guitar, I'll give you like this amp and a twelve inch speaker, like for That's my car." Deal. Yeah, I was like, That's totally done. Uh, but yeah, I play a little GS Mini now. I'm uh, a GS Mini Taylor. I'm actually probably gonna get a new electric guitar. I'm looking like a Les Paul or something. I, I want to rock out a little bit. Um, get back to to. To like, you know, some heavier stuff, but like, you know, still singer songwriter based. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna start looking into electric guitars. Um, so that's a it's it's a huge world. I'm looking at amps, pedals, electric guitar. There's so much. You know, when you play acoustic guitar, you get acoustic guitar and plug it in for the most part. You know, you can EQ things, but yeah. the world of electric guitars is is vast. And I'm like a little I'm a little afraid to to jump in out that water, man. But, it's a huge rabbit hole. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. gear itself. I mean, you can you know spend years and years and years just reading about that and yeah. uh, focusing on that, and still yeah, still not know a whole lot. So yeah, cool. All right, man. Uh, pl plug in your stuff. What can people catch your music? And once your next uh, performances, keep so, in mind that this is being released in a week. So okay, cool. So in a, in a week, we're playing Upper Brewery on the fifth. Um, but the next big gig is going to be um, uh, the Sofa Street Fair, April 22nd. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be out there. And David Brookings. There's going to be everybody out there. David Brookings will be out there. Which venue? Um, I don't know yet. Uh, I think that's, you know, depending on how good we get before then, because we're starting to play gigs all over the place. Like last night was our first big uh, gig at Forger. Uh, but I think we impressed the right people. So hopefully we get bumped up to like, you know, uh, a little bit higher spot, a little more prof higher profile. Um, but, but yeah, like, so like, like no more cafes. Oh no, we're still, no, we're going to play as many places as possible, man. I like, I'm playing cafe Zoe coming up. Um, 
another big gig is going to be at the Ritz on June 23rd with Barely Functional. That's going to be a really cool gig. Um, but the next big one is the Sofa Street Fair on the 20, April 22nd. Um, we'll do the full band. We got a trumpet player. Um, that's going to be we're going to we're going to start playing everywhere. I mean, it's we're going to play as many gigs as possible. We're going to get good. <laughs> how was that experience bringing a trumpet into your music? Yeah, I'm sure. Trying, so interesting. Curious how that would. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. So we play. If you listen to Red, there is there is the trumpet at the end. It's 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 kind of blended in there. But um, we've worked with a really good trumpet player. His name's Duran Wilson, and he's in Barely Functional and, and some other bands, Los Improvisers, and he can just play. Yeah. And so we had him last night playing like on When a Man Loves a Woman, and it's just perfect. It just works. He just he's smooth. Um, on like a chorus, like leading, even though it's kind of a rock song, he plays uh, he plays kind of in the background and just gives it like a bigger sound. Like just lays some some pads over the top of it, and it it really kind of works, man. Um, so he'll be with us. You know, I want it to be like, for now it's Levi J, right? But I, I, I want to work with, you know, this band, Mitch is going to be here. We have a drummer. But I wouldn't mind bringing people in and out, like, to have a trauma player. Honestly, I wouldn't mind bringing, like, a cello player in sometime and, like, doing all this, you know, because because I want it to be the three, the three of us can keep rocking. But, you know, if we want somebody to play flute to come in and step on some tracks, man, like, that can be really cool, too. I don't, I don't just want to be, like, the same people. You know, things things yeah. grow, things change, and but for now, yeah, we have a trumpet player. Um, he does a really good job, and he's just basically too talented not to have. He makes yeah. all of us look better yeah. by him being so good. That's like that's what's up. That's <laughs> yeah. When you play with uh, like actual you know musicians who who are in it both uh, <clears throat> mentally, you know, intelligently and technically, and, and also like emotionally, then it just brings out so much more. You yeah. bring out so much more. He knows his theory so, for sure. Yeah. Like uh, he's yeah. a fantastic. He's player. talented. Same thing with. Um, our percussionist Taylor yeah. as well. Yeah, he's, he's a really, really good drummer. Yeah, so makes all of us look better. All right, Levi, Mitch, right, Mitch? Yep, correct. Thank you for coming. Um, I believe you're gonna leave us with the song. Yeah, sure. What, what song sure. you think you're playing? Um, let's play Heart and Soul. Okay. <clears throat> all right, cool. Yeah. And uh, let me just get this thing set up. Cool. Thanks for having us. Heart and Soul. Sure know you, cause I've been playing this guitar from behind on my phone since 2002. Yeah, like the pretty girls I used to know you back in high school. I just wanted to impress you, singing in clubs, singing in pubs, singing in bars and backyards and patios. And everywhere that I will go, you know something inside me screaming, keep alive. The music that I write to never let it die. I got my finger on the trigger and I'm ready to slip. I'm whipping bars like Mars, who's mixing all your candy bars. Driving down south on the 280 now. Hit it to my show, you can come and stone cold. Cause I'm stunning with the flow, people whipping out the phones. Just to say, they got something to show. I'm screaming, this my heart, this my soul, wearing on my sleeve. So other people know who the hell I am. You know I never give a damn what other people think about me. Cause now I'm on the microphone. And I'm never gonna give it up. Cause I've been working too hard for it And I'm singing now this This is my heart and soul Waving on my sleeve so I want the people know Who the hell I am And I'm singing my songs at the top of my lungs Pouring out my blood, sweat and tears In every single one of my songs And I'm never letting go Of my heart and my soul Of my heart and my soul 
Well, I ain't done yet, cause I'm still ripping this set. I got a gang of songs. Come my gang is gone, I'm covering these venues. These open mic nights, tearing off the roof. Like I got something to prove. I'm singing songs like Jack Johnson and Dave Matthews. And I was born on Sublime, grew up the dopest rounds like some Zeppelin, some old Rolling Stone. Jimmy Page on stage, man, ripping solos like the Beatles. Bob Dylan and now Bob Marley, man. That music lives inside on me, and I'm a super fan. Like some Fallout Boy and Blink, NFG and Lit. Punk rock bands are making massive hits, and I'm still down with some metal like some old Atreyu. As I lay lamb, I gotta slip, not too. But my favorite man has always been you, babe. Thanks for putting up me on shit. I do. You know, I left Arizona to compete with you. We got a little house and a little dog. Now, when you can look at all the love that we found, but babe, I gotta put my drink down. Cause no one on the microphone. But I'm never gonna give it up. Cause I've been working too hard for it. Just to quit, I'm on the microphone. And I'm never gonna give it up. Cause I've been working too hard for it And I'm singing out This is my heart and soul Baby, I'm a saint Just so what the people know Who the hell I am And I'm singing my songs At the top of my lungs Pouring out My blood, sweat, and tears In every single one of my songs And I don't feel letting go Podcast in the afternoon and pour my blood, sweat, and tears into every single one of my songs, but but I'm never getting older, just a little bit wiser. But I'm never letting go. I said I'm never letting go, and I'm never, 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 never letting go. But I'm never letting go, and I'm never letting go. I said I'm never letting go, and I'm never letting go. Two more. I'm never letting go, and I'm. the energy on that guy check him out at levijmusic.com a real great talent someone to keep a lookout for at the local music scene and beyond all right that's it for this week have a great one thank you for tuning in thank you for listening and please subscribe if you have not already and you can also follow the jms podcast on facebook twitter and instagram and you can, you can also support the jms podcast on patreon all right that's it until next sunday have a good one take care